Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Back in, everybody, to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing for us today. If you missed anything in the first hour, kfhradio.com is the place to be. Um, happy to have you in here. <sighs> what a football weekend it was. It was a it was a bad one for me. Let's bring in our buddy Joel T. Lamerno, general manager of the Wichita Thunder. We'll talk a little hockey in a second, but we know Joel likes to have some fun Oh, on, uh, on some small sports bets. Oh, boy, yeah, bad bad as it was for me. I think it was my worst of the year so far, Joel. How was your weekend uh, in the sports wagering world? Well, you know, actually pretty good. Um, I had a very good Thanksgiving day. Again, we're talking small wagers here with the yeah, – yeah, yeah. Uh, with the uh, oh no, I just like to always preface that. Um, but uh, a nice little parlay on the um, Bills game. I think I had Detroit with the points and the under, which I survived by about a point and a half. And then uh, uh, Thursday night, the um, who was in that game? That was a Patriots game, right? Who'd they play? Yeah, it was the Vikings and the Patriots. Yeah. Well, regardless, I you know we're all runs together, but I got that and I. Went two for two yesterday on a uh, the Morocco Soccer World Cup game in the morning with a nice little $5 wager to win uh, a decent payout and an upset. And then uh, had a four-team late-game parlay. And um, you'll like this uh, if, you, if, if, uh, if, if it's presented to you, been presented to you in the past. I hit the first three, and I was waiting on the Seattle Raiders finale, and I needed the um, Seahawks to win to win my parlay and I took the deal. I took the deal in overtime and cashed out early for a profit. And it, about uh, seven seconds later, the Raiders scored an 85 yard touchdown run. <laughs> so uh, are you world cup guy? Are you a world cup guy, Joel? I am a huge world cup guy to the point that I, when I woke up this morning, the first I did was turn on the TV to watch Ghana, who is who I'm rooting for after their performance against our Portugal uh, the other day. Uh, and uh, listen to the Ghana game on the radio uh, all the way into work. And uh, Ghana with the big upset win over South Korea. I am riding a four-team parlay on the four games today, uh, two for two so far. So, yes, I, uh, I, I love the World Cup. I watch it every year, and uh, it's one of my favorite things. I mean, I'm not a huge soccer fan, though I do have a root for Leeds in the uh, Premier League, but uh, – uh, World Cup I never missed, man. Ever since 1984 was my first time. I watched Diego Maradona on uh, Univision with the uh, Spanish announcers and uh, fell in love with it then and always make sure I watch. I, I need you to explain to me then why Go ahead. the U.S. can not just dominate a, a team with a population of Kansas in Wales mm-hmm. bothers mm-hmm. me. It's never going to not bother me. 
why does the U.S. men's national team struggle so much? I, I, I at, because like everybody my age, like all of our kids play soccer. Like it's mm. not like soccer is not a thing. You know, a long time ago, people were like, oh, we just don't care about soccer in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore. We all, ever all the kids are playing soccer. What is holding us back here? From and I know we can get through with a win over Iran. And I'm listen. I bleed red, white, and blue, and I love it, and I can't wait to root them on against Iran. But man, we just—I feel like we should be better at this than we are. I mean, my my feeling maybe is, and I'm a person who never played soccer a day in my life. Uh, maybe East Coast, where I'm from, grew up, New Jersey soccer wasn't popular. Football, baseball, um, but maybe it's just that people are there's there. You know, I think it. it maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but I think if you go to you know most other countries soccer or football as i was explaining to my daughter um is the most popular sport but here it's not it's like fourth or fifth in line so i think some of the people that may be really good at soccer may move on and hey i'm pretty good at baseball and they end up playing baseball instead and decide to make that their career whereas i think if you're in england or wales i think you're playing soccer or football as you call it for the for your career so i think that's it it's just not as much put you know put into soccer here as as every other country in the world per se so you predicting a win over iran tomorrow i'm predicting um you never know you never know we got i mean we gotta have it we gotta have it let's go usa let's go so many Uh, man you never know what to expect in any game in this uh so we'll see well i expect i expect a win because we just we, it just needs to happen. Uh, yeah. Let's talk. Let's get to the ice here. Let's get to the ice. So since we've last talked, it's been a little mm. bit of a rough go. Mm. One and four in the last five. What's going on with you guys, and how confident are you in turning that around quickly? One, three, and one. Just want to clarify. I believe uh, did lose one of those in overtime, so you get a point, which is nice. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. No, I'm not going to sugarcoat. Disappointing week, man. Played four games against. Uh, team that was in the bottom of our division in Tulsa and we lost three out of four so I'd say disappointing and believe it or not after all that we're still in second place so uh second place uh you know if we were you know in third or fourth or fifth when this started and had a week like that we'd be in last by now so we're still in second so room for to grow um on that uh you know I I, I don't know where I was what I was watching something along the weekend where I said it's and maybe it was Team USA even, but I'll use it as an example if it wasn't. There's never a game where the offense and the defense are on the same page. So it, there's just – I think there's been some games where our offense is good and our defense isn't and, or vice versa. So we've got plenty of talent here. We do have some injuries, situations we've been working for. We have a lot of guys here. We have five or six guys out with injuries. Can't be an excuse. Uh, you know, you play the, the, the guys you got, and you got to get some wins. I expected uh, – Expected at least two wins this past week. Um, I'm disappointed we didn't get at least two. So we got some work to do. We play Wednesday against Indy, a team that's not in our division that we probably know nothing about, but I know they've got a good record. So it starts then, and then I think we've got another busy weekend of three and three. Uh, Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday road, Saturday, Sunday home, and then uh, finally have our first long road trip the week after. So uh, get healthy. Yeah, that's what I was going to – yeah. 
Yeah, so, so for fans, uh, one, if you want to check out the Thunder, you've got three opportunities this week, and then it's going to be a while. And, you know, both for fans and for the team, it's got to be, um, you know, a little bit of pressure to get these games at home because just, just looking at it, you guys will hit the road then December 8th and not be back home until the 21st and Correct. play five games on the road. So, you know, pressure it all to, to get some of these at home, to get it turned around before you – I mean, road stretches like that are always tough. So these next four seem pretty big. As an early season spot, this is probably about as big as it gets. I agree 100%. Um, we're front-loaded heavy with short trips, so not a lot of travel, and those are the ones you like. So – um, we've got to come out by next Sunday. I'd like to think we're still going to have a nice winning record. Uh, I think, what are we, 8-5-2 and two right now off the top of my head. So uh, I'd like to see a nice 10 wins by the end of uh, next uh, end of the week and uh, heading out onto the road for a few games, yeah. Okay, uh, let's, let's look at it. Opportunities for fans coming up over the next few days, and Tommy can get more into this as we move along in the week. Uh, but you guys do get the three home games Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Interest Bank Arena. You guys have some fun stuff coming up for fans at those games? Uh, always uh, always some fun stuff. And uh, like I said, you said, yeah, Tommy will will, will certainly expand on those. But, uh, uh, you know, we try and make the games as much uh, as we can. Fan Interactive, uh, the Jersey Auction with the Turtles last uh week was pretty good and this weekend coming up we've got the uh saturday i believe is our teddy bear toss which is always a fun night oh yeah hopefully a night where we score early and get the bears uh onto the ice it's never fun holding onto the bears into the second or third period and hoping you score because i think it's happened in the past for us and many other teams in the country where you have a teddy bear toss night and you do not score a goal but it's not gonna oh, happen no. we're scoring we're scoring yep. we're got it multiple got it under control yeah. All right. Uh, Jolty Lamerno, general manager of the Wichita Thunder. Can't let you go on these Monday visits without getting your take on a bet. Mm. MGM first touchdown insurance scorer. Who you got for your first touchdown tonight? I'm taking oh. Pittman for the Colts. That's who. That's where I'm headed. Boy, that's a that's a that's a a great question. I didn't. Um, I, I know that. Well, first of all, as a Bengals fan, I absolutely despise um, the Steelers. So you know, obviously pulling for uh, the Colts to win the game. And, and again, not knowing off the top of my head, is this game is in Pittsburgh? Um, this game I'm actually looking is... right now. Looking right now. Just it's going to be a snooze see. fest. No, it it's in like Indy. It's in, it's in uh, Indy. Yeah, it's in Indy. So probably not um, what I was thinking for a, a Pittsburgh first score. So I don't know, a Jonathan Taylor? Um, yeah. It seems like a. He's the odds-on favorite. For the sure. odds-on favorite year. I'm looking at the list here. I don't like any of these Steelers. Good Lord, Pittman. Maybe a Mo Alley Cox sighting. An accidental Ooh, Mo yeah. Alley Cox sighting. Or yeah, I always like the quarterback sneaks, but uh, you never know. I it could be it. These teams are both so average. You know, it could turn into a. You know, it could turn into a slugfest. You never know. We could get the first touchdown in the third quarter. Uh, okay. All right, well, no touchdowns is always an option. That would have paid one time this year when the Colts played, actually, the Colts and the Broncos. Really? Uh, hmm. Yeah, yeah. That would have been uh, probably the bet of the year if anybody made it. I'm not sure that they did. Is that did. a bet you can make? All right. 
Yeah, you can make a no touchdown on the on the yeah. first touchdown. No touchdowns usually an option. Okay, well get out, check out the Thunder. The next home game is Wednesday, and then you get two more opportunities this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Joel, we appreciate it. Good luck on the homestand here before you guys hit the road. Yeah, thanks. And Bengals Chiefs on Sunday. Here we go. Uh, that'll be a fun one. You and Tommy can get a side bet. All right. 869-1240, the number to call. Tommy will jump back in. We will talk a little Sunflower Showdown. What'd you think of the game? What did it tell us? And is K-State a sneaky CFP contender? We'll talk about all that next on Sports Daily. Everybody, eight six nine twelve forty. We're talking about the Thunder there, Tommy. Let's let's give some stuff away here uh, while we get into Sunflower Showdown. In the meantime, Tommy, let's give some tickets away. Yeah, what do you want to do here? Yeah, let's do uh, tickets to the game on Saturday night. It's our annual Teddy Bear Toss that we're doing at Interest Bank Arena. Game starts at seven o five, so we'll give away tickets to that. But we're asking people to bring teddy bears that they can throw it on the ice, and we'll donate them to local charities. Yeah, so if you haven't seen a teddy bear toss, you bring them the Thunder score, you throw them on the ice, they gather them up, and they donate those uh, just in time for Christmas. It's a really cool promotion. So uh, tickets to that, Tommy, what did we say, a four-pack? Yeah, that works. We'll do a four-pack of tickets to that. Also, uh, in my other world, HTO, my wife's business, we have a grand opening set for December 9th for the East Side location. So in celebration of that Let's also throw in two free iced tea cards. They'll be able to be used at either the West or East location once it opens. Uh, so a four-pack of tickets to the Thunder Saturday night to the Teddy Bear Toss game, one of the best games of the year uh, as a fan, and two free iced tea cards to HDO Open West, grand opening East coming December 9th. We'll do that to our third caller uh, for Jad. Jad will get that and get us a winner. While we, Tommy, turn the page and talk about some college football here, Sunflower Showdown in the books and K-State does what we thought K-State would do. It was maybe a little more interesting early than we thought, but probably the end result was right about where we thought it would be. Um, I I thought K-State was a heavy, heavy favorite in this game. I'm not sure Jalen Daniels is 100% healthy yet. I thought he was very gritty and impressive in battling through for KU. Their defense just isn't good enough to me for them with that much on the line for K-State to really be able to hang for an entire game. But they did a pretty good job. But, I mean, the story is K-State now in the Big 12 championship game against TCU. It's, I think, TCU favored by two points. I'll be all over K-State in that one. I think K-State's going to beat them. Um, I mean, it's kind of a win-win, right? K-State wins and, you know, they win the Big 12. TCU wins and we get a Big 12 team in the CFP. Uh, but I know K-State fans are excited about that. Um, here we go, right? It, it's right there in front of them. Yeah, you know, K-State looks like uh, if they can get a victory this weekend that uh, maybe they're on track for the Sugar Bowl is what a lot of people are, are projecting they should right be. now. No yeah. matter what happens, they should be on track for the Sugar Bowl. I mean, they, they're, a, they're a great football team, and they needed to win. Uh, that's the understatement, right? They had to get that win after Texas beat Baylor on Friday. 
um, and they handled their business. They came in, you know, in a, in a game where the conditions were not great. It poured down rain for most of that game in Manhattan um, in front of a sold out crowd that sat through the rain. Uh, and they handled their business. They looked really solid offensively. Deuce Vaughn ran all over the Kansas defense. I suspected he would. Uh, the Kansas run defense is abysmal. It has been most of the season. And after watching what B. John Robinson did to the Kansas defense, Deuce Vaughn did basically the exact same thing. Uh, so it wasn't surprising to me whatsoever. I thought that Kansas uh, had way too many self-inflicted injuries, especially early in that game. I mean, they forced a three and out to start out the game, and then they muffed a punt. And Kansas State took yeah. over, and then they scored right away. You know, so they shot themselves in the foot quite a bit. Um, and that's the difference. That's what separates these two football teams from an elite program like Kansas State and a program that is growing and building in Kansas. Kansas State didn't have those self-inflicted injuries. The Jayhawks did. It was so nice to just see the game be competitive, uh, that hyped up. All of that is great, and that's great because Kansas is back, um, and they've got their coach locked up and all those things. K-State, it's interesting, Tommy. Max Olson of The Athletic pointed this out from 538, which is just like a data site. They usually delve into politics, but they do a lot of computer models and stuff. And right now, apparently, that model, and you can find this on Max Olson's Twitter, has K-State right now as the sixth most likely team to get in the CFP. Uh, in fact, more wow. likely, according to this model, than TCU. Now, I don't see it because of perceived things that a computer model isn't going to take into consideration that we absolutely know will be taken into consideration, which is the brain na brand name aspect of all of this with Alabama and Ohio State and all of these things. But what's interesting about that computer model, Tom, is it doesn't care about any of that. It's telling us it thinks that highly of Kansas State this year. And I agree, by the way. Um, I, I think Kansas State is every bit as good as Alabama this year. I, I really do. I'm not just saying that. I, I, I think that that has a lot to do with Alabama coming down a little bit. But based on what we've seen on the field, uh, Tulane, which we thought was a really disappointing loss, Tulane's really good. Tulane is, you know, going to be, I, I don't know where they landed in the most recent poll, but they're top 20 and they've been there all year and they just beat Cincinnati. Who's really good. Uh, the Texas loss isn't necessarily a bad loss and the TCU loss. You had your quarterback out two quarterbacks out. In fact, and if you even had one of those two guys in there, you probably win that game. So I, I think it's fun to look at a computer model and see that there's the remote possibility but you and I both know with brand name recognition playing if the factor that it does in this stupid four-team format that that'll never happen. Well, and look, we talked about all the way back when TCU beat Kansas State earlier in the season that uh, that was a game that Kansas State should have won. They were up big early. TCU got ah. a comeback, and TCU got the victory. Um, and, you know, injuries played a part in that for the Wildcats also. But um, I said it then, and I'll say it now. You put these two teams on a neutral field, and especially with the way that Will Howard is playing right now at quarterback, uh, I'm not so sure TCU can win. I know what that 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 spread is at two points right now, uh, but I'm with you. I think Kansas State. Um, I'm going to be all over them uh, in the betting world this weekend um, because I feel like we've seen it before. We've seen Kansas State able to score on TCU. Um, I would think that they have made the right adjustments from that loss, and uh, I like the Wildcats. I do too. Um, I, I like everything about the Wildcats right now. They do need to figure out, you know, we've been looking at all sunshine here. They do need to figure out how to not come out flat defensively. 
We saw it against Texas. We saw it against Kansas, quite, quite frankly. Uh, we saw it against West Virginia. And typically they lock down in the second half in those games, which is great. But against TCU, you just can't come out flat. Against whoever it is they play in the Sugar Bowl, you can't come out flat. You've got to come out playing that level of defense. And I know they make adjustments, and that's a credit to them. But, you know, sometimes you're not going to be able to withstand that like we saw against Texas. They almost did. But it's going to be critical that the defense comes out and plays well from the get-go and not just after they have a chance to make some halftime adjustments because that's been probably the biggest issue in recent games with K-State is the early game defense that gets much better. Can't afford early game defensive lapses, though, against TCU. Yeah, and, and that's been something that we've seen, you know, that the Wildcats struggle with at times during this season. I mean, I go back to uh, the, the Texas game a couple of weeks ago where it, it was a tale of two halves and the defense looked significantly different in the second half than they did in the first half. And so to me, that game was an example that this Kansas State defense, while they're a top tier Big 12 defense, they have the potential occasionally to fall asleep defensively. They absolutely cannot do that in the Big 12 title game this weekend. Uh, and that's kind of what happened against TCU the last time. Yeah, I know that uh, there were injuries and, and all of that against the Horned Frogs the last time, but defensively in the second half in that game, the Wildcat defense let TCU get right back into it, and then ultimately uh, TCU won the game. And so that absolutely cannot happen this weekend. What we need to see from the Wildcat defense is lockdown defense from start to finish. You can't afford to have a quarter uh, you especially can't afford to have a full half of football where you fall asleep defensively. Yeah, it 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 just it, and it hasn't happened in every game. It's not like it's a chronic problem. But we've seen but it a couple of times. Yeah, it's it, happened it, it, enough, it's, right? Yeah, it, it, and and again, I don't want to take anything away from how how good this defense as a whole unit is because they are really good. Uh, they're one of the top defenses in the Big Twelve without question. It's just a matter of if they can sustain that throughout what, you know, is going to end up being the biggest game of the season. Yeah, it, it will be, um, it will be, I, I think they're going to be good and not do that in this game. Um, now, TCU is going to have a lot to say about that, obviously. If TCU comes out with a great game plan and K-State's on its heels and has to react to it, that's one thing. But I K-State hasn't shown us this year that they're, a, a, the kind of team that's going to let us down from, an effort perspective, the two lane game, you know, at the time, and I still have a hard time. There are two points in this season. I have a hard time with, with K state. I don't know if K state was holding things back with Adrian Martinez still in the two lane game. And it just bit him back in the butt or what, what now sounds more reasonable than it did at the time. If Tulane's just that good and they, and they just, you know, they outplayed him, and, and that's absolutely now that we've seen Tulane all year within the realm of possibility. So that one I don't have a good perspective on. And then still the Texas first half, because it wasn't like Texas came out and surprised them with their game plan, right? You knew exactly what Texas wanted to do, and you didn't stop it in the first half, but then stopped it in the second half. Why did they struggle so much in the first half? I cannot get a good feel for that because it, it and it's so frustrating because it could be the difference in why they would make a CFP or not, but they didn't. And so 
those two points of this season really confuse me. And and it's fine because ultimately, Tommy, if K-State wins the Big 12 championship and goes to the Sugar Bowl, this will be one of the best seasons in K-State history. But it does leave that taste this year with this team and the way they're playing and, and the balanced nature of them that you're like, God, this could have been a team in the four team. I mean, it really could have been. You know, there's a couple of spots in the year. I don't know if that'll linger out there for everybody. It lingers there a little bit for me. And I just feel so vindicated because I thought this highly of Kansas State all offseason. I really did think Kansas State had a chance to compete for a Big 12 championship. A lot of that depended on Adrian Martinez at the time. Um, He proved it. And then all of a sudden, Will Howard's great. Nobody expected that. But it does feel good to to not overestimate what this team was capable of because we saw this coming, right? If you really paid attention to what K-State has done the last couple of years with the way that they were able to defend, with some of those guys stepping into key roles, with a more experienced offensive line than a year ago and Deuce Vaughn back, it felt like this was all a part of the expectations for K-State this year, and it's really nice to see them get there. Yeah, I think the only thing that really was unplanned or unexpected was the development of Will Howard, which we've talked sure. about on multiple occasions. Um, I, I think that the ceiling that we had, or at least I had thought, uh, was with Adrian Martinez as quarterback. And not that I didn't like Adrian Martinez. I thought that Adrian Martinez um, you know, had talent and had was, was probably not in the best situation at Nebraska uh, throughout the course of his career. Uh, and I thought he had the opportunity to do well at Kansas State, but I certainly didn't think that the ceiling was super high for the Wildcats with Adrian Martinez under center. Well, of course, Martinez gets injured. Will Howard comes in and shocks the world with how great he's playing. And all of a sudden, that's the missing link that gets the Wildcats from a really good team to a to an elite team. And that's where they're at right now. Um, and so, again, I think if you can game plan this entire week, which I know Chris Kleiman is doing, against TCU with Will Howard as your quarterback. Um, That's a much better position than the last time they played TCU. They had to throw Will Howard in there when Adrian Martinez got injured. Uh, They weren't ready for that necessarily. And TCU came back and won the game. So it's a better situation on a neutral field this time around. Um, and, And so, yeah, I think that that Will Howard development is the missing link and that gets the Wildcats over that hump. But Will Howard looked good when he came in against T. That was sort of the first moment we were like, wow, Will Howard, we're, you know, oh, no, K-State's in big trouble. And then he looked good. He and you're did, like, well, but that wasn't the game plan, right? Like, that wasn't the— Oh, I know, yeah, yeah. And right. then he got hurt, and it didn't matter. That yeah. was just, like, that was that first moment of, like, huh, he actually yeah. looks pretty good. Like, that's okay. Now we're a bit— And then he got hurt, too, and, of course, Rubley came in, and that was uh, not a good experience. But it'll be awesome. I'm so excited for it. I'm excited for the future. Again, I think they're going to, like Kansas will, I think both Kansas and Kansas State will thrive in the portal this offseason for very different reasons. K-State's got a chance to thrive in the portal because with Will Howard coming back, and we all assume he will, and you know, depending on what Deuce Vaughn does and some of the other key spots, Kansas State's going to have an opportunity to compete again next year. And when you've got a quarterback and you can go to the portal and say, hey, come play here, I think they can find some weapons um, and and some players that are looking for opportunities to showcase their skills and perhaps get to the next level. So that's exciting. Kansas, for, you know, 
all the reasons in the world. Got Jalen Daniels, we assume, coming back. Kansas is a few big-time transfer portal defenders away from being very much in the mix next year. So a nice way to wrap up the regular season. I thought that, you know, if you're a KU fan, you could feel good about the effort in that game for sure. They were outmatched. K-State's just better. Uh, that, that, but, they, but they very much hung in that game for a long time and made it very uncomfortable for a little while. Up next for K-State, the Big 12 championship game on Saturday against TCU. Up next for KU, whatever bowl game they end up in. Uh, exciting, exciting football season continues at the college level here in the state of Kansas. Let's take a quick break, Tommy. We'll come back. Let's talk some Shockers and some K-State hoops as well. We talked about the Jayhawks in the first hour. KFHradio.com if you missed any of our Jayhawk hoop conversation. We'll hit the other two schools when we return on Sports Daily. Welcome back. Congratulations to Michael from Sedgwick. Won a four-pack to the Wichita Thunder Teddy Bear Toss game on Saturday. And a couple of free iced tea cards from HTO. Um, Welcome back, everybody. Tommy, Shockers, let's start there. Um, Bounce back from the San Francisco loss, which I wouldn't qualify as a disappointing loss. At least to me, it wasn't. uh, With a nice win. Over Tarleton State, 12 points. They had a bigger lead. Went cold for a little bit there in the second half, but were in control of that game most of the way. Good to see Craig Porter bounce back from uh, his rough game against San Francisco with a much more efficient and effective game and perhaps a coming out party for Gus Okafor, who Tommy scored 27 points on 11 shots. 27 points on 11 shots. That's pretty hard to do, but he did it, and he looked great. Um, So... I thought it was a nice little bounce back opportunity and they took advantage of it. I, I think I'm beginning to, and and maybe we'll get a more definitive take because this is, you know, the week of Mizzou tomorrow at home and then Kansas State on the road, which we'll talk about the Cats in just a second, but a big opportunity for some test games at this point. The Shockers aren't going to be favored in either of those games, I wouldn't think. Uh, see how they hang with those teams, I think perhaps will be a chance for them to make some sort of a statement. But this feels like a team that, if it's playing well, will be able to compete in the games it plays in the American outside of maybe Houston. Um, and, and you know, middle of the pack feels about right. I, I don't know that at this point I, I would say it's reasonable to say this feels like a tournament team. I'm not sure that it does. But I think we're seeing things that, uh, at least make us think, yeah, they're going to hang in the games that they play this year, if not win certainly more than they lose. I think middle of the pack is a reasonable expectation in the American. Well, listen, starting with the Alcorn State game that we all know was terrible, this mm-hmm. is the amount of points that the Shockers scored in their previous four games. Alcorn State, they scored 57. Richmond, they scored 56. Grand Canyon, they scored 55. San Francisco, they scored 63. So getting 83 points against Tarleton State, um, yeah, that's that's definitely an improvement offensively. Um, and, and that's been our big question all along is we know typically how this Shocker team can, can perform on the defensive side of the floor. 
but what are they able to do offensively and who are the go-to guys outside of Craig Porter? And so it was great to see Gus Okafor break out in that way. Um, consistency, I think, is going to be the key. Um, you know, 27 points probably is not something that'll be duplicated, um, you know, multiple times in a row, but you never know. I just, I feel like, um, you know, he's got that chance to really be somebody that the Shockers can lean on uh, to get a bucket when necessary. He was super efficient uh, on those 11 shots to get those 27 points. Um, I would think that would bode well for Wichita State moving forward offensively. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of more dunks, a lot of more alley-oop type plays from Craig Porter. They were feeling it, uh, those two. And yeah, I mean, 83 points is great. It, that shouldn't be the expectation. They're not going to score 80 points a game. This is going to be a team that grits it out. This is going to be a team that gets around 60 to the mid-60s and is going to have to just you know play angry, take that mentality to heart. And they're embracing it. Uh, they, they are embracing that, and hopefully that becomes an identity. They can shoot the ball a little bit better uh, than they have before. I just don't know how reasonable it is to expect a whole lot better. They, you know, they shot the three at under 30% again for the game. Um, so I, I don't think we're, we're far enough in this now that I, I don't think all of a sudden this is a team that's going to start hitting a bunch of threes. So they're going to have to play angry. They're going to have to win games that way. Uh, they out-rebounded Tarleton big time, 40 to 40 to 29. And that's what it's going to take. They're still turning the ball over too much. For sure, that's something that if you're going to play angry and play low-scoring games that you can't do, and they're doing that way too much. Um, so if they've got a fix, if I, you know, shooting the ball better would be the biggest fix, but I don't know that that's happening. Not turning the ball over is a fixable thing, and that's where I think they need to have the most improvement. We'll see. They're about to get big tests this week, Mizzou and K-State. Let's talk about the Cats. Um, you just continue to impress, Tommy. I, I don't know... You know, we're running out of nice things to say about K-State right now because they just appear to be so far ahead of schedule in the Jerome Tang turnaround. They they got the win over LSU. They got the win over Nevada. So all of a sudden now, and I don't know how good Rhode Island is, but I expect Nevada and LSU will be pretty good. They got those two wins. They get one more against Butler this week. Some really nice tests, and they just keep passing all these tests with flying colors. K-State looks really, really good, and I, I can't picture a better scenario than the way they've started this season. Yeah, I, you know, of course, I feel like the the rebuild uh, for Kansas State basketball is ahead of pace a little bit. Um, that's a testament to Jerome Tang, uh, to his enthusiasm, what he brings to the table, and I'm not sure that anybody should be really surprised by this. Like, I think maybe the speed of it, um, but Jerome Tang spent a ton of time with Scott Drew and Baylor, and we all know what Scott Drew and the coaching staff built for the Baylor Bears. Um, you know, they're, they're a national championship winning team. Uh, and so the fact that he now has been able to build a program of his own at Kansas State, I'm not sure anybody should be surprised that they are this competitive this early. Do I think that they are a top-tier Big 12 team? Not yet. I, I feel like I need to see more from them, and anything can happen in conference play. But I there's not a whole lot more that you can ask for from Kansas State right now to start the season, and uh, I couldn't be happier for them. Uh, yeah, I, look, this is as high an expectation as I could have possibly had. I don't know. I mean, we'll... we'll... 
we we may have to wait until we get into the Big 12 to really feel it, which isn't going to happen for a little while. But I'm not sure this team can't compete in the Big 12. Well, Tommy. And, you know, look, like I I don't necessarily I won't be surprised if they can. Um, I just I want to see more when they get into conference play. Uh, I'm not doubting them. I'm not betting against them necessarily. Um, I just want to see a little bit more. I think what was so impressive about the win over LSU, they held the Tigers to 18 second half points. Now, some of that was, you know, poor shooting from LSU, but defensively, the Wildcats were right there. Um, we saw them beat Nevada by putting up a ton of points. We saw them beat LSU by holding LSU uh, down quite a bit. So they're finding different ways to win, uh, and it's working for them right now. I think athletically they're going to be able to hang with anybody in the Big 12, and I think that's what we didn't know. Um once we found that out, it became more of a well. How can you know? How will Jerome Tang do right out of the gates as a head coach, as that top spot, you know, making the calls? And he's doing really well. I mean, they're winning close games. They're beating big time opponents. They're beating programs that absolutely know how to win basketball games. So, again, it couldn't be going any better for K State right now. They're going to get punched in the mouth, right? They're going to lose games. They're going to do those, and we'll have to see how they respond to that as well. Because in the Big Twelve, especially. You better have a short, short memory because every single game you play is going to be, a, a, I mean, a dogfight. I mean, it's going to be tough because that's just the and, way this yeah. league is. And I think that's where I'm at with K-State right now is they haven't gotten punched in, punched in the mouth yet. It hasn't happened. Um, once they do, how do they respond? Uh, and so at that point, that's I think that'll be the true test, and that's when we'll know exactly what we're looking at when it comes to this Wildcats team. I can't wait. I cannot wait for Big 12 to get them in. I can't wait for the Wichita State game this weekend either. Um, I don't know a lot about Butler. I, I haven't checked in on Butler. I will later in the week. Hopefully that's a good test for them too in a true road game uh, at Hinkle Fieldhouse there in Indianapolis. Looking forward to that one as well in that Big 12 Big East crossover game. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll look ahead to Monday Night Football a little bit uh, and uh, get you ready for the day here. Sports Daily Mondays, always a lot of fun. KFHradio.com. We'll take that break in just a few minutes. So let's let's look ahead here, Tommy. Uh, Monday Night Football, before we take that final break. Colts, Steelers, like anything here for you? We talked about the first touchdown. I'm taking Pittman. I'm probably looking at all the unders here. I think this could be a really ugly game. Uh, Indianapolis has one of the best pass defenses in football. And they're going against a young quarterback and a young receiving room. And I, I just don't see it. I, I don't know what to think about the Steelers long-term because Najee Harris hasn't looked very good. I do think Pickett's okay. But, man, this is uh, this is one of those games, Tommy, where at the beginning of the year, had you told me Steelers-Colts, I would have said, yeah, that'd, that'd probably be a pretty good game, right? I'm having a hard time getting hyped up for this one tonight. Doesn't look great. I mean, we got KU tonight, thank goodness. We got options here, but eh, I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna throw something at you real quick. Is there a way in your mind that the Colts can make the playoffs? They're 4-6-1. Yeah. They're not out of it. It's yeah, a weak division sure. that they play in, and Jeff Saturday is 1-1 one one as the head coach of the Colts. They're not out of the race by any means. Um, that's about the only thing that I feel like is intriguing about this matchup. Um, how how crazy would that be if they're able to make a little run here at the end of the season and make the playoffs? Well, they got Jonathan Taylor back. 
which will help. And Matt Ryan is back in there now with a vote of confidence, which will help. The, the problem is they've played both games against the Titans, and they lost both of those games. So that eliminates the tiebreaker there for them. That means they have to make up two and a half games, I think, and a tiebreaker if they want to, because they're not going to get a wild card. So it's it's as much as they've got to play better with games, by the way, against Dallas, Minnesota, the Chargers, and the Giants in their remaining games, and they need Tennessee to struggle. I would say the chances are 5 10% probably. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's possible because of the division they play and the Titans aren't running away with anything. But I, the problem is going to be twofold. You need the Titans to really stumble down the stretch. And that schedule I just told you about, Tommy, they've got six games left. Three of those are road games, Dallas, Minnesota, and the Giants. And one of them is a home game against the Chargers. You do get the Steelers and the Texans in there, but I don't know, man. I I, I, I don't think so. You never know, and and I wouldn't bring it up if uh, you know the Titans hadn't fallen to the Bengals yesterday. Um, it makes things a little bit tighter. The Colts are are not out of it, so um, yeah, wilder things have happened. It's wilder. Yeah, I'm gonna again five ten percent chance. I mean, it it just it would take so many different things happening, and it would be, and and they're they're just you know good story with Jeff Saturday. They almost beat the Eagles. But they're just not good enough to make that kind of run. They they need the luck anyway. But I don't think they're good enough because they would they would have to win what five out of those six games probably, four out of six maybe. Um, and not, it's not gonna happen. We got KU tonight. We'll tell you about that because you'll hear it right here on KFH. Uh, so we have an alternative to Monday Night Football. That's always good news. Uh, but it is football, so we'll always be taking a look at that. We'll come back. We'll put a bow on this Monday next on Sports Daily. <laughs> 